0: Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick. And this is episode, I want to say, 73. You know what that means? What does that mean?
1: I don't know anything that has number 73 in it.
0: Probably like a lineman or something, right? Maybe. Do you know? Maybe Richie Incognito was 73 at some point? I feel like he was 68. I'm reaching there. Anyway, big... Big week if you're a Nets fan. Actually, a lot went down. Um, I want to start with the greatest player on earth, and that is Kevin Durant. Not only did he win the uh, the gold medal in the Olympics with Team USA for the men's basketball team, they beat France. They put a beat down on Rudy Gobert and Evan Fournier. He scored 29 points in the championship clincher. And dating back to the last two times USA has won gold, he scored 30. 30 and then now 29 so this man is unstoppable against every other country best player on the planet and guess what nick the nets signed kevin durant to a four-year extension 198 million dollars so he will be a brooklyn net for at least four more years hopefully that is the plan and um i think every single nets fan was was so exuberant when this news came out over Twitter in the past few days, it was almost like uh, bringing back the moment when he decided to come to Brooklyn, where we all had that joy, that just flat out excitement. The fact that he's enjoyed his stay here after really playing just one season enough to sign a four-year contract with our club says a lot, speaks a lot about the culture that, that Brooklyn has created in the last few years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he knows the honeys in Brooklyn are the best around, and he knows the money in Brooklyn is the best around. And when you got honeys and monies, why
0: would you ever leave? It's a great point. Uh, did you get to watch KD in the Olympics at all?
1: I did. I watched the highlights. I watched actually like a really good breakdown for like 15 minutes of the of the game. Um, I'm sorry. Like I hate to call people out for being bad, but like Nivekina, like what happened? That dude was like supposed to be all that. Came to the Knicks, could really couldn't play. They were developing him. They were grooming him. He just looked so freaking scared with the ball. Uh, good for Fournier stepping up. I mean, I know he kind of had a rough season with the Celtics then immediately left to go to the Knicks, so he's kind of been in a weird place. He looked good, man. Uh, he, looked, he looked fresh. His shots were just smooth. They were silky. He was the go-to guy, which is good for him because I like Fournier. Gobert was a monster down low. When they pushed it to Gobert – because the our team, the U.S. is undersized. Now, obviously, yes. we have we have, I mean, more talent, probably three x the talent than any other team. But really, on paper, we're undersized. So, if I was France, I would have just played a much more one-two game with Rudy Gobert. Uh, I don't think he has the stamina. To push I don't that, know if you watched the
0: game. That was their entire game plan. They went to Rudy Gobert on almost every single play possible. The difference is he was really the only guy who was able to score in that game. And the USA had KD, who was good. Dame Lillard got going at one point. A guy who balled out for Team USA in these Olympics, Jason Tatum, looked very good. He looked great in the championship game. Those three guys. And, and Bam Adebayo was playing well. But, but France was in the game. Don't get it twisted. This was not a blowout. I think it ended up being oh, a four-point win for Team USA, four, three points. Um, Gobert. it was five. I think it was 87, 82. Gobert did everything he could for France. He was phenomenal. He ended up fouling out towards the end of the game. Uh, uh, that explains it. Cause towards the end,
1: I saw a lot of hooked up threes. So I was like, why are they kind of abandoning what's been working?
0: Yeah. He got fouled out. So, so that stunk, but I there's mean, a guy named like what, like Decolla. Was that like a a Decolla
1: or something? Yeah, he, he was nice. nice.
0: Yeah. He's a good player. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, you got to give, you know, the best player on the best team in, in the entire world credit. And that's Kevin Durant. I'm and not going to lie. I really would have loved to see Doncic in the finals. Uh, speaking of Doncic, he just signed a five-year, two hundred seven million dollars supermax rookie extension with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not so, surprised. He will be getting paid to play in what Dallas. What's the deal with
1: Porzingis? I know there was some shit with Porzingis, and there's they were saying him and
0: Doncic had beef, and he's a tough guy to be around. I mean, I, they're going to have to coexist a little bit longer because I don't. The Mavs made absolutely no moves outside of re-signing Tim Hardaway Jr. So. Porzingis is going to have to play nice with with Doncic and, and vice versa for the next year or so because the, they don't have a lot of guys on that team. And, and Porzingis picked up Reggie is,
1: Bullock to kind of yeah, you know, but he's not. He's going to so. give
0: you he's going to give you ten to fifteen points a game at most. You say um, points? I thought you were going to say ten to fifteen minutes. You think ten to fifteen points? Yeah, Bullock can average ten points a game, fifteen stretching, and I'd say max eight to ten. Okay. My point is, Porzingis, as disappointing as he's been, he's going to have to step up if, if the Mavs – because Luca can't do this every single year. I know we're talking about the Mavs as a Nets podcast, but Luca can't carry the team on his back. It's going to fucking kill him. I agree. I agree. That Back to KD. Any final words before we move on? I mean, well, how, well, how did you I mean, feel? How did you he's not, feel? What, he's now tied the, for uh, Melo. He's tied for yep. Melo, right, with the
1: most gold medals?
0: Yeah, but we talked about the Olympics – how did you feel when you saw he signed that four-year extension with the Nets? Cuz I personally you oh, didn't I wasn't know. Surprised. You weren't. Why? Because I mean, we just built a powerhouse team that didn't even get to compete in the
1: playoffs together. I mean, I was I was expecting a minimum three to be honest. I also like just being in KD's position he bounced to the Warriors, won two ships, got a lot of hate, now bounced to the Nets. The team's literally built around him as opposed to the Warriors where he was kind of that addition to an already elite team. I think this is the place for him. He is like – this is the one place since Oklahoma, and I know you know it's not these big, too many places, where he is now the guy. He is the most loved. He is kind of the hero of the city. So if I was KD, I wouldn't want to leave. Brooklyn's on the come up for basketball, for social life, for everything, for sports. So – to me, it just makes sense for him to stay. Really, where else would he go? And that's the question I was thinking about.
0: It, 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 wouldn't the have Knicks, been, it There's
1: really nothing to me it, that like even has anything so close. Yes.
0: So that, that's that's a great point. And by the way, take it from a kid living in Brooklyn, just how great Brooklyn is. I, I mean, Nick has been loving life these past few months. Um, I'll tell you what, Best Pizza in
1: Williamsburg, <laughs> yeah. it's up there now. It's up there.
0: Oh, Best Pizza, the actual Best Pizza place. It's called
1: Best Pizza. Yeah. Have you had it?
0: I have, but in Amagansett with Victoria. I don't uh, the, the same owners. Same owner, different I place. Don't I'm be... sure it's better in Brooklyn. No, it's. A, I'm telling you, it's the same owner. Okay, okay. trust me. Um, Frank Pinello, it's the it's the pizza guy. Um, but we were just talking about KD uh, choosing Brooklyn. There was a rumor Stephen A. Smith had tweeted out. You know, before he signed, he goes, "Well, listen, KD's contract is done at the end of this year, and and the Knicks have the money. And watch out because." No. Kevin Durant, I, I was never going to the Knicks. That was a pipe dream for about two seconds, but I'm with you, man. What, what he's created in, in Brooklyn and, and you know, they were not healthy in the playoffs. They'll get Kyrie and Harden back. Now we'll just see the Nets can offer, I guess, Harden uh, a pretty nice size deal. And then Kyrie can either take a three or four year deal this year, or he can get paid more if he waits an extra year. So we'll see what those two do, but... Uh, if if I'm Harden, I'm your best chance to win a championships with Kevin Durant. And if you're Kyrie, you're already at home. Why not just stay? Agreed. All right. All right, Nick, I, I have this next segment. It's called welcome to the nets. Sean Marks recently made some moves after a quiet night or two, because the nets were not when free agency happened last week, we, you know, we, we were doing the pod on Wednesday and, uh, and nothing really happened. And they, they we said they were going to re-sign Blake Griffin. They re-signed him that night. Kudos to them. They re-signed Bruce Brown the next day. Another, another big move. Got rid Shamit. Traded Shamit. You lose Jeff Green and trade C to the Nuggets. But my, my point is, um, you know, it was a quiet few nights. And we brought back some players. Then on 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 Friday, I think it was the bombshell that the Nets were going to sign Patty Mills. Came out on Twitter, so I saw that. I saw he had in, he had been connected to I think the Lakers or the Nets. I think those were his final two teams. He chose the Nets. Uh, you saw what he did for Team Australia in the Olympics. I think forty-seven points in the in the uh, bronze medal game. You can fact check me on that, but oh he yeah, was, mate, he was phenomenal. And, and he brings something that we we really wanted Landry Shamit to give us consistently on a nightly basis, and, and he did. And he was hot and cold. But Mills is a tough player. He can hit the outside shot. He has a nice step-back shot. Smart player. Championship experience. I thought this was a great move by Sean Marks.
1: Patty Mills scored 42 points in the Bronx. Okay, it was either 47 year. or
0: 42. Number okay.
1: five off. And then he celebrated by having a glass of wine with Greg
0: Popovich. Classy guy. Classy guy. Cool? His former cool? coach. Um, no, I, I love that signing. It, it wasn't the only signing that Marks made. Marks also brought in uh, DeAndre Bembry, who I actually watched in college. He played in the A10. I think he played, God, for St. Louis. I'm, you're going to have to fact check me on a lot of this. St. Bonaventure. Tell me where DeAndre Bembry went to school. St. Joe's University. St. Joe's. So Phil, Phil, uh, whatever his name is. Okay, so you went to St. Joe's. But I remember watching a play. I went to UMass, and I thought he was. An amazing athlete in college. Now, granted, that was six years ago. I graduated college uh, a while ago, but Bembry's still in the league. What he gives you, he gives you a tough player on defense. Offensively, he's limited. Not a great three-point shooter. I think he's below thirty percent for his for his career. Um, but he is a tough-nosed defender. This is our, our ninth or tenth guy. You know, we're, we're not gonna. He's not gonna see that the floor a ton, but I, I think he'll come in handy. He, he can kind of play. A similar role to what Bruce Brown does if he's able to kind of change his game a little bit, but he, he, he gives you that long. Yo, Yeah. I got to pause. I got to pause. Oh, bloody nose for Nick. Wow. That is a first. I have never seen that happen on the podcast. My brother Nick just had a gushing bloody nose. I look up and there is just blood all over his face. Hope he's okay. Hope he didn't get any fights before the podcast. Um, all right, moving on. I'm, I'm going to tell you something about DeAndre Bembry. He's six five. He seems a lot taller. He, he plays like a six eight, six nine. He's a very strong, lengthy six uh, 6'5, But excited to see what he brings. And then, of course, the uh, the other two additions. So you traded Shamit. You got back Javon Carter. So we you know we have a backup point guard. It helps us with point guard depth. And then um, the final signing was was James Johnson. James Johnson. That the, the he's, he has a black belt. He's a three and D guy. He's a little bit old at this point. I think he's like thirty four, but He gives you a veteran presence. He's kind of here to replace Jeff green. Um, Definitely not as talented as Jeff green, not going to give you as much scoring, but what, what Marks did is he's getting these, these bully players, right? You bring in uh, a James Johnson. You bring in a Deandre Bembry, Patty Mills. These three guys are known for being tough. I haven't watched enough Javon Carter to, to know his game, but from what I've read, he's a pretty good defensive point guard. He can score a little bit. He's quick. He's elusive. Um, and I, he's not Mike James and anybody in this league. If you ask my man, Kina, who came on the pot a few months ago, hated Mike James before hating Mike James was cool for Nets fans. Um, that's what Javon Carter brings. He brings you a guy who was just on a, a team that was in the finals against the Bucks. They lost, but he played some significant minutes on that team. So Nick is back from his bloody nose. He, what, what is in your nose right now, Nick? It's toilet paper. I don't. I wouldn't
1: even touch my nose. I don't know. How no, that it's, it's all
0: good. By the way, I I told everyone, all the listeners, what just happened. Uh, I I kind of announced it play by play as your as your nose just started gushing blood. So Hold on. there's blood yeah. on stuff. I got. Oh, uh, could, could you could you clean the blood off everything, man? My God. Anyway, moving on. So those are the four editions: Patty Mills, uh, DeAndre Bembry. I'm sorry, James Johnson, the Taekwondo master, and Javon Carter. Um, if anybody fucks. With Kyrie, Kevin Durant, or James Harden, James Johnson is going to scissor kick them into another dimension. All right, so Nick is back from his bloody nose officially. He is all situated. Nick, are you okay, first of all? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Can we talk about the Brooklyn Nets? I guess. All right. (laughs) Um, Four new additions. I just spoke very in-depth about them. Patty Mills, DeAndre, Bembry, James Johnson, and Javon Carter. Rank them on terms of excitement. Uh, Patty Mills won because he's the man. Uh, I'm going to go Javon Carter too. I like
1: Javon Carter at West Virginia, actually. I thought that dude was a freaking amazing defender, solid guard, really good athlete, almost like a Bruce Brown type, honestly, but a little bit more uh, low center of gravity, a little more sturdy, a little less elusive. Um but I like Javon Carter. I'm gonna put number two. Benbury was one of the Hawks at one point, so I've yep. seen him play a few times. He never impressed me, but uh, I trust your judgment there. And then that would put James Johnson last because what is he 97 at this point? Someone you haven't spoke about. Sorry, I just swallowed some blood. <laughs> uh, someone you haven't talked about. Are we gonna get to the rookie, the draft
0: picks? Because I yes, really like. We are. We are. Dayron Sharp. We're gonna get to that. Hold your horses. Hold your blood. Is it Dayron or Darren? I think it's Dayron. Hold the blood in your nose. We're going to get to that.
1: Hold on. You keep going. I'm going to spit.
0: Okay. Um, This next segment I call bye-bye Spencer Dinwiddie. So a little bit after free agency started, it was pretty much confirmed that Dinwiddie was going to go to the Wizards. Uh, A few things had to play out. They had to make the salaries work. A weird side story from the Dinwiddie uh, process was that DeAndre Jordan – the Nets, you know, reserve center towards the end of the year. The Nets wouldn't part with DeAndre Jordan because of the bond that he had created with the big three. So that was like the only problematic thing that I think came out of free agency uh, in regards to the Nets is that you could have moved DeAndre Jordan, maybe gotten back another asset, but the Nets didn't want to create any tension between the big three. So they kept him on the roster, even though he did not play, down the stretch in the playoffs. Did you find that a little bit weird?
1: Yeah, didn't we talk about this last time? I think it's a it's a stupid move. I mean, that's a roster spot that can go to someone who can provide more value. So, listen, if you're telling me that's – if you're telling me DeAndre Jordan being in the locker room is the hype that KD and Kyrie and Harden or whoever need, right? Because here's what I will say uh, to play devil's advocate to me saying it's a stupid idea. Udonis Haslam. Okay. For the Miami Heat, when they went to the finals against the Lakers two years ago, they literally said, and I quote, oh, this isn't a quote, I'm paraphrasing, but <laughs> D-Wade said, a Udonis Haslam, and I think should mentioned this too, is such a huge asset in the locker room that other teams should be taking advantage of. Other teams should have a veteran leader like Haslam, who is pushing all the young guys in practice, who is telling people about his experience in the league, a championship caliber uh, player at one point, who now is just passing on what he knows to the younger generation. So I don't think that Udonis
0: Haslam was making $10 million a year.
1: That's fair. That's the difference. Uh, He makes
0: a lot of money, DeAndre Jordan, for a guy who didn't play down the stretch. But uh, we're we're getting away from the point. The beginning of this segment was bye-bye Spencer Dinwiddie. He officially was traded to the Wizards. I think it ended up being a five-team swap. The Nets got back a few draft picks uh, in the process, but – this, this was a tough loss for the Nets. I I mean, I think that Marks, he, he did whatever he could to put Dinwiddie in a position where I think Dinwiddie felt comfortable. And some things came out today. So uh, it was Dinwiddie's press conference yesterday. So uh, David Aldridge tweeted that Spencer Dinwiddie says he was moved to come to D.C., both because of general manager Tommy Shepard saying he believed in him during the recruiting pitch and the opportunity to co-lead the Lizards the lizards to co-lead the wizards (laughs) with with bradley beal sometimes you just want to be loved said dinwiddie so it's a it's a very intriguing kind of storyline with spence two years ago when everyone was hurt and we had already gotten kyrie and, and kd and everything dinwiddie was our best player down the stretch, heading into the bubble. It was Spencer Dinwiddie would take us as far as we would go. He was averaging 20 plus a night. He was great. And, and, and then the year starts, you know, he gets hurt, extremely uh, serious injury out for the year. All of a sudden he, he he feels unloved by a franchise and where he excelled. So I guess my question to you, Nick is uh, what will you remember most from the Spencer Dinwiddie era in Brooklyn?
1: I mean, it's got to be the bubble play and and that whole season. I mean, I was with uh, I was with a buddy in Crown Heights last night, uh, part of Brooklyn, a really cool little neighborhood, a lot of great bars. And he was telling me, you know, he's a Nets fan. And his favorite Nets team, uh, his favorite Nets players of all time were Brooke Lopez and Spencer Dinwiddie. Because those were guys on rough teams who kind of made the game fun to watch for Nets fans, who gave us something and someone to root for. Uh, and he made a good point, you know, it, it's – it's guys like Dinwiddie that come out of the woodworks, No one really knows his name, and he puts on a show, are the guys that you want leading a team, are the guys you want on your team that step up, you know, when times are tough. Now,
0: sure.
1: I I I would I rather have Dinwiddie than the guys we have now. Of course not. I want to be on a, on a championship contention team, but do I appreciate the time and the effort Dinwiddie put in? hundred percent. And I'm glad he got paid, man. I mean, I know he was asking for 25 a year and then they were saying he might only get 16 a year and he ended up with 20 a year with some great incentives. I mean, I'm looking at this now three years, 62 million. He gets an extra 1.5 million. If he plays in 50 plus games because he's injury prone, he gets an extra 570 K if the team makes it to the Eastern conference finals, another 400 K if they make it to the finals and a hundred K if they make it to the second round. And I think this is real. From Hoops Hypes, uh from Hoops at Hoops Hype on Twitter, Michael Scotto, at Mike A. Scotto uh, posted, and he gets $1 if the team wins
0: the title. Interesting. Very, very. So em- I don't know that's a, if that's that's just a joke
1: or if it's because the Wizards kind of know they have no shot at the title, but he has some great incentives if they make the playoffs and if he plays, but then $1 if they win the title.
0: I think the way your friend described Spencer Dinwiddie as, as a show he was a guy who can heat up quick. Like there was a guy on the on the early Pistons Bad Boys team named Vinnie Johnson. They called him the microwave. Spencer Dinwiddie was kind of like a microwave. Like once he got it going, he got that step back going. He can get to the rim. You know, he he was just fun to watch. It was a show when, when you watched Dinwiddie play, especially when all those other guys were hurt and and the Nets were really bleeding players. Um, all right, Nick. last thing last thing I'll yeah. say about Dinwiddie. Yeah, he's just a tech. He's just a tech guy with a jumper. Just a tech guy with a jumper. And we appreciate appreciate Spencer Dinwiddie. We loved his time in Brooklyn. We wish him nothing but the best in Washington. Although if you're Bradley Beal, you have now gone from John Wall to Russell Westbrook to Spencer Dinwiddie. I feel like at some point the Wizards should try to get another position player. Wizards are a weird team. They should probably just keep rotating point guards.
1: But they got some young bigs who I think are going to be great players. Rui Rui Achimura, Thomas Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant, who's who's stepping up. Uh, And uh, is
0: is Mo Wagner still on the team, or did he go to the uh, the Lakers? I don't know. You can look it up. All right, Nick, we're going to end the podcast talking about some summer league basketball. So the Nets played the Grizzlies yesterday. I watched most of the game. Um, They lost 91-84. to Desmond Bain, who plays in the NBA, had 26 points, hit uh six three pointers. He was 10 of 19 from the field for the Grizzlies. Xavier Tillman, 26 points for him, uh, and eight rebounds. And then this Killian Tilly guy had 20. I'm sorry. That's not Killian true. Tilly from I'm, Zaga? Reading, I'm reading their fucking plus minus. Let me let me start that over. The Grizzlies uh, and I just want
1: to give the, the listeners yeah. an update. Uh Mo Wagner is not currently on a team. He was last signed with the Magic. Uh, and
0: he's now free agent. Okay. Desmond Bain had 32 points. I'm sorry. that Yeah, that seemed small. Uh, Killian Tilley had 20. Xavier Tillman had 15 points, eight rebounds. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. So Nick brought up some of the guys we drafted. We drafted Cam Cameron Thomas, 27th overall. Thomas had 17 points. He was five of 15 from the field, one of six from three. Now, Thomas's shot has been off. It was off in this game. But what he he showed a lot of, he showed the ability to get to the rim. And what I like about Thomas is he's one of those dudes. You know, there are those guys in the NBA that just glide, that just look smooth. Cameron Thomas is one of those guys. There was one broken play that I remember very vividly. Um, Reggie Perry, who, by the way, Reggie Perry played awful. He was 2 of 10 from the field. Uh, He finished as a minus 20. That was the Nets worst. But (laughs) Reggie Perry had the ball. It was a broken play, shot clock winding down. He throws it to Cameron Thomas in the opposite corner. Thomas catches it and, and looks to shoot. The guy who's guarding him jumps. Thomas has the presence in mind to wait for the guy to jump past him and then go for the shot as the shot clock expired, and he drilled it. He drills the baseline three. He was great. Um, Really like his game. The Nets also drafted De'Ron Sharp, 29th overall. The center out of UNC. He only played 14 minutes in this one, but six points, eight rebounds. He is a dog, this guy. He is a workhorse. And if Reggie Perry is going to be that bad, I would much rather De'Ron Sharp have his uh, spot on the roster. Because I know even if Sharp isn't scoring, I know he's going to work. It, it's the same reason you know Alize Johnson had had thirteen points in this one. It's the same reason why nobody hates Alize Johnson on the Nets roster because Alize Johnson is going to get out there and put in work. That's exactly what Dayron Sharp did in this summer league game against the Grizzlies. Um, I really like his game. What do you think of those those two draft picks for the Brooklyn Nets?
1: I'm a big Dayron Sharp guy. Uh, I think he could be huge for us. No, um, I mean, listen, we need a big to step up. We need one of these young bigs to to be a dominant force down low and earn, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game. Cause if we're not playing Deandre Jordan, if he's too, if he's too washed up and old and untrustworthy and can't ever play help defense, Jesus, if, we, uh, off. If, if Blake Griffin, I mean, he's getting older, he needs a rest and he's not a pure five. He's not a true five. He likes to shoot the three. He likes to uh, kind of play out for a big, he likes to get a running start uh, and drive a little more um, than most other bigs. He's not really a down low guy or a post up guy. Uh, and then you have Claxton, who's kind of been good rebound wise. He's a he has good hands offensively, just still a little sloppy, just not, not very smooth, not a great touch, not really reliable down low. And I, and you mentioned Reggie Perry, who again, kind of a smaller big, but he's a big body. You know, I think we expected a little bit more out of him and and Al's Johnson's kind of too small. Can I, can I tell you my
0: problem with Reggie Perry real fast, then I'll let you finish your point. Reggie, Reggie Perry thinks he's a guard. He plays on the perimeter. He takes at least one to two threes whenever he gets action. Like he's always looking for an open three. And then in this game, I mean, two of 10 from the field. He was one of two from three-point range. Just, I don't know. He's, he's a very strange player. His position's power forward slash center, but he plays like he's a small forward or a shooting guard. So that's why I hate Reggie Perry. Now you, I'm sorry, you want to finish your point?
1: All I was going to say is I like Cam Thomas. Um, obviously, okay. he's going to have to fight for minutes at a, at a smaller position with all the great guard play we have and small forward play we have. Dayron Sharp is the one I'm looking forward to the most seeing. Uh, he was five-star recruit out of North Carolina, went to UNC, off the bench, was averaging 10 and 8 a game. Uh, he's a big, big boy. He's got balance. He's, he's athletic. He's the one just watching him play. I could see him grooming uh, if we were able to groom him to just kind of a cleaned up Claxton, honestly, yeah, just Cla- yeah. Claxton with more touch, Claxton with more finesse and and I like Nick Claxton. I like his energy, and I don't want to just shove him to the side. but uh, if Darren Sharp can come in here and just be smoother and just you know, it's also I'm not even saying skill it's just a confidence thing, right? You see Claxton get the ball down low sometimes and just kind of do this little left hook and just brick it off the backboard. And at that point, it's not even touch at that point, you're interested in your own head, and you're kind of just swinging for the fences. so, uh, sharp to me, nineteen years old, six eleven, yep. could put on some weight, could definitely put on some muscle, but to me has some great potential.
0: So from what I saw today, this was a glimpse, right? I haven't watched a ton of his highlights from UNC. Um, he's definitely a confident player. Uh, he had he had a, a, a steal and a score at the other end, where where he picked off a pass, drove. He had a guy like in front of him, and he hit a very hard contested layup. So I, I like his finishing around the rim. He is extremely raw. And what, it doesn't worry me, but like the one thing that the Nets don't have is a big man with great touch out of Claxton, DeAndre Jordan, Perry. I'm not even going to put Griffin in there because Griffin's really a power forward playing center, but, and now DeRon Sharp, none of those guys are proven like money players around the rim. So I, I need to see Sharp at least, uh, like you said, get his game to the point where he is a more polished Claxton. Now He's got I, some I, decent he, handles. He's got oh, some yeah. decent handles yeah, for a big. He yeah. He's, he, he's high energy. He's got a great motor. He can handle a little bit better than most bigs. Um, And I think right now his touch is probably similar to Claxton's like, I, or, or a little bit better. So we will see. But those two guys, uh Daron Sharp only had six points, but like I said, eight rebounds. Cam Thomas was 17. Alizé Johnson with 13. And then Quindary Witherspoon had 15 points for the Nets. Uh, he's a shooting guard. I'm sorry. Uh, who was that? Quinn Derrick, Quinn Derry Weatherspoon. Cool. Yeah. So again, some summer league action, nothing too crazy, but like what you saw from Cam Thomas, you like what you saw from Dayron Sharp. Hopefully those two guys will get better. Um, David Duke jr. Who the Nets drafted. He was an undrafted rookie, tough game for him. Only seven points. He was a minus 18, three of eight from the field. Um, but I saw it really, you player. said who the Nets drafted or the Nets just, no, no, no. he's, he's undrafted, undrafted, but they signed him. Okay. For the guy from Providence. Okay. So Yeah. The guy from Providence. Um, very interesting player, uh, averaged like 16 a game at Providence. We'll, we'll see if he makes the, the roster. He'll probably be a two way guy. Uh, yeah, but, but I'm def- looking at his
1: numbers here due to Providence. He averaged 17 point, 16.8 points a game, but he shot 38% from the field. So this dude was just a volume Brandon Jennings type, which is not exciting for me.
0: Shout out Brandon Jennings, great point guard for the Bucks. You got to day. say Brandon Jennings was in I was at the Bucks parade. He was. He was at the Bucks parade. Um, Anything else Nets related before we end the podcast, Nick? No, uh,
1: you know summer league. I know a lot of our listeners out there probably aren't watching these summer league games. A so little tougher to watch, but uh, it's cool to see a lot of these players kind of coming into their own and, and seek potential. I mean, listen. The summer league is like we talked about Dinwiddie rising in the bubble. The summer league is where a guy like Daron Sharp could really make a name for himself, and he can carry this team uh, and kind of prove that he's worthy of playing. You know, then that's cool to see watching him develop. Uh, I will say one thing about Javon Carter. Um, I'm a Javon Carter. I am. I have always uh, seen a lot of potential in Javon Carter. Probably more than 99.9 percent of people, because like I said, I watched him at WVU when they made a great run uh, in the tournament a couple of years ago. He needs to develop uh, a more consistent three-point shot. That's one thing I will say because we got rid of Shamit and got him. Uh, similar. Well, Patty,
0: Patty Mills is more of Shamit's replacement. I think Carter is going to be Mike James's replacement.
1: Yes and no, though, because I think I think it goes without saying that Patty Mills is a backup point guard, but I think Javon Carter is that Shamit Bruce Brown seventh eighth guy that okay. is going to need to hit open shots. So. Um, I'm hoping, because I, like I said, I like Javon Carter. I'm hoping he can kind of get like a 42, 43. Maybe that's asking too much. 40% from three even. So when he comes out, he's stepping up when we need a guy like that and we're giving our guys
0: a rest. So we should do a segment called final word of the episode because that was a great final word from you. I have a final word. Um, my nope. final – yeah, I get a final word. My final word is there are levels to this shit. And what I mean by that is, you know, you watch you watch the summer league. And like you were talking about with David Duke, how he averaged almost 17 a game of Providence, but struggled in this game. All these guys are vying for an NBA roster spot. So this is kill or be killed. Outside of the first round picks who are guaranteed, it is blood in the water. You see these guys competing. I mean, Desmond Bain, who's an NBA player, you could just like, he's one of the probably bottom tier NBA players in the league. And he had 32 points in this game. Like it was nothing. And there's levels to this shit goes to all different aspects and, and, and uh, just leagues in basketball. Look at the Olympics. You saw a lot of us players struggle. You saw Damian Lillard have some tough games in in the Olympics. You saw guys like Draymond green guys like bam on a bio for a little bit. Some of these guys, they looked lost at times. And you know, you saw Tatum and you saw Kevin Durant rise to the top, and that's what makes it so impressive what KD does on a nightly basis. Not only is he dominating everybody in America, he also goes across seas and he does it in Europe. And I want to shout out Jason Tatum. I did not know he was that type of dude to just go off in, in these Olympic games. So, so shout out to Tatum. Shout out to Durant. That my final word is just there's levels to this shit. Um, yeah, I have another final
1: word. So okay. The other day, I'm walking in the street. I didn't have a final word. What I will say, though, is uh, I rocked these kids in basketball today, three-on-three. Three. We we smoked them like 16-5. They asked to run it back, played them again. We were up like
0: 8-1. The kids just walked off the court. If you remember this podcast for anything, nobody cares about your shitty basketball game, by the way. You're not even that good. I can beat you one-on-one. No, you can't. Yes, I can. If you remember this podcast for anything, Remember it as the Bloody Nose Podcast. Nick had an injury mid-show, nose gushing, the red gooey stuff all over his face, all over his chair. He had to run out, clean himself up. I kept the ship going because that's what I do. And and lo and behold, he comes back. He's even got the the tampon out of his nose, and and he finished the podcast strong. Great job. Yeah, that was your that was your girl's tampon? What? All right, let's end it. Do you just do you just want to say it now? Because because you had the injury, you should you should say it. Catch me on the fireside, bitches.